0: Yo, what's going on? This is Zidraw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V, and I thought I would make a very practical podcast throughout the day-to-day of how to make beats, and this is coming from somebody who's not an expert producer. I'm still trying to kind of get where I'm going, but I feel as if there are some basic things that I've learned that... Is, is pretty invaluable to people who are just up and coming. And that information is definitely out there. But sometimes if you just need an additional voice, somebody to kind of like point you in the right direction uh, to say this is good, this is not. I'm hoping that I can kind of assist with uh, some of this stuff because I have that same perspective. I was just a guy who was needing to make some music for a Kickstarter for my writing and i had to start to figure it out and then once i did that i had this program and i was like well what else can i do i've always wanted to rap so let me try to make beats and as as soon as i made like like five or six beats i was trying to make like an ep and then after that i was trying to make a mixtape and after that i was just got obsessive it's one of the most fulfilling satisfying frustrating things i've ever done and I know it's like that for other people, so I thought, let me see if I can kind of help the community at least in the in the in a little bit in in the smallest amount because I consider myself being in the intermediate stage of my music career attempt. No, we'll say career. Let's not be let's not be excessively bashful. So from where I'm at now, I'm graduating out of the basic, you know, baby programs, the beginner programs, the first steps. And I'm trying to do a little bit more complicated, a little bit more detailed things. Uh, And so I feel like it's going to help my development if I can kind of express some of this to you guys. So that's why I'm just going to do this very plainly, very starkly. Uh, I'm not going to have any uh, music tracks underneath these because I don't want uh, there to be the mood to be a distractant from. What I'm hoping is going to be, you know, some slightly valuable information. So we're going to jump right into it. How to make beats, how to get started, uh, what you should do, that I, things that I wish I had done when I first started, stuff like that. So I'm Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. We're gonna get right into it. Love you guys, hope this helps. So, the first thing that you're gonna need for making beats um, is to figure out how you're going to do it. You're gonna need a workstation. They're most commonly called DAWs, D-A-W, which stands for digital, digital Audio Workstation. What it is, is it's a visual representation of what the hardware looks like. So if you've seen like images where there's a bunch of like knobs and then there's like a bunch of like lines going left and right with a bunch of dots on them, that's basically what it is. And there's so many different types that you can get. Now, this was my first hang up. Finding a DAW that is good, that you can work with, and one that you can afford is imperative. And I think that there's a lot of uh, misinformation in terms of just kind of starting out to where to where people really feel as if there is a set parameter on like there's a set parameter on what you should and should not use Um, when you're getting started. It's not really that important to be that fancy about what DAW you use. And you know, the dirty secret is the further you go along, it's really not as important about what doll you use. Because the more that I learn, the more I'm learning that I can do a lot of the same stuff in different digital audio workstations that I was just basically able to do in uh, the others they just one workstation helped, was a little bit better at certain things and others were a little bit better at other things and the differences were so minor that it's almost like a moot point so what I would here's what I would do if you're on a Mac use GarageBand uh, GarageBand is free comes with the Mac and it was actually the third workstation that I actually used uh, seriously, not just dabbling around with, but that I actually put some time and energy into doing some production in. And I've been producing some of my some of my best stuff in GarageBand, uh, simply for the fact, shoot, simply for the fact that GarageBand is so easy to use, and it can kind of do. It can kind of do a lot for you that most uh, wouldn't expect. What I like about GarageBand is how, um, obviously the price is right. So if you can't afford it, if you have a Mac, use GarageBand. Okay, the price is right, that's important. If you have a PC, there's a couple of options. So um, what the workstation that I would use on the PC is MixCraft. That's the station that I, that's the uh, the program that I started in. MixCraft was one of those programs where I was like, okay, everyone says to use GarageBand, but I have a PC. And it was a good PC. Now you can get the programs that uh, are really good. You can get Ableton, you can get Studio One, uh, but if you want to get a program to own, Mixcraft allows you to do a payment plan, you know, like a nine bucks a month, seven bucks a month. You pay it until you pay everything down, then it's good to go. Now, if you can do like a lump sum, maybe you want to do uh, FL Studios or you want to do uh, Studio One. What I like about, st- I, l- I really like Studio One. I think Studio One is a really dope program. Um, Only thing is, those programs are expensive. But here's the cool thing. Uh, In the Mac and in the PC, especially the PC, you can download the demo of any of those programs. That's actually what I did for MixCraft. I downloaded the demo first, and then I used it. And then MixCraft said, hey, your demo is up. You're going to have to start paying for this now if you want to continue using it. But then there's a button at the bottom that says, Well, I just want to finish this one thing. And they said, Okay, well, we'll give you another week, but try to pay next time. Mixcraft is awesome for that. Studio One, you can use the demo. Uh, FL Studio, you can use the demo, but there's so many ways you can get these programs. You just have to type in FL Studio Demo. Studio One Demo. But I would start with Mixcraft just because of how simple. So Okay, I don't know where the last one cut off. I'm trying to be very uh, precise, and in my precision, I'm being long-winded. So, that's getting started when it comes to your DAW, your digital audio workstation. Um, Say you chose Mixcraft and you have a PC, or you chose GarageBand and you have a Mac. Perfect. Now, you're gonna need one more piece of hardware where people don't say that it's a necessity. I think that it is. You need some form of uh, input. And uh, here's what I mean by input. You need a MIDI controller, something that is going to at least give you a set of keys, like a shortened keyboard or some drum pads. And this is going to link directly to the sounds in the program so that you can, if you hit the pad, it'll play a drum. If you hit the key, it'll play a note. And then you can change up the different synths and the different sounds and all the differences uh, inside of uh, the program itself. So here's what what I would recommend based on what I've done myself. What I did is I ordered an Akai Mini uh, Mini keyboard. Now Akai is spelled A-K-A-I. They do a lot of uh, keyboards, uh, a lot of keyboards in terms of that, ones that will play on their own, you know, uh, ones that are made f- to uh, plug into these digital workstation programs. You can get an Akai Mini professional keyboard for probably around like hundred bucks if you get it on Amazon. I think at the time for my mini, I paid about 120 I just went ahead and just bought it. I think that you can get one for about probably, I don't know, not that much. Now, I think that that's your biggest cost of entry. And I like the Akai mini because it has pads that has drum pads and it has a keyboard so that you can kind of get used to using both. You don't really need drum pads. Uh, they are good when you get to a little bit higher quality and you need a little bit more dexterity with what you're creating. But as far as you just need something that you can hit, that's going to register uh, that a note was played or that a drum was hit because it's, I've done it both ways. I've done it where I've lined up drums on a chart, and that's its own skill, where you line it up based on the... um, You line it up based on where it's going to hit. You play it, you fix it. That's really good for kind of making those... uh, Kind of making those, I guess, drum tracks where they're very precise, but they're not real... Authentic, not authentic. They're not real organic, so the sound is uh, a little bit different. I prefer to be able to strike the pad myself to kind of create the drum tracks or to kind of create the the pattern that I'm hoping to create. That's what I'm always hoping for. So that's why I always say to kind of get something. Now, here's the cool thing: if you have, if you know anybody, you don't have. Say you don't have any money, right? You can do it in the program, where you can use the keyboard as kind of your drums, and it like will map the different drums to different keys. But I always find that to be a little bit convoluted and almost unnecessarily taxing. Um, but most people, most keyboards, most electronic keyboards made after the year 2005 or six are gonna have some sort of uh, USB input. And what's so great about Mixcraft And what's so great about GarageBand is that it will register what's been plugged into the USB as long as the power is on. So if you have a friend that has a keyboard, you could probably find a cheaper keyboard at some sort of like thrift store, like a secondhand music store or something. Something that a lot of people aren't getting any value out of now, but you could get an exceeding amount of value out of. You could find one for cheap. And you may be able to hit the ground running paying no money at all. You have your demo, you have your uh, garage band, you have your borrowed keyboard. Yo, what's going on? This is Zid Raw, a.k.a. Zidi Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. Getting back into it a little bit later than I'd anticipated. So if this sounds a little bit choppy, like a couple of pieces are broken... Or missing as in my lost my train of thought that's because I'm actually recording this eight hours after I started so I really wanted to continue this because I wanted to give a couple of bare-bones things about getting started how do you make beats how do you produce when you've never done it before Um, so first I said get yourself a DAW a DAW program try to get a free one you can do a demo. Uh, I recommended I recommended getting Mixed because I think that's a very undervalued program and you can do a lot in there, including master. You're just gonna have to do some tweaking when it comes to getting impact with the drums. But there's ways to do it. So you have your program, you have your, um, your, your pad, your drum pad slash mid, uh, midi keyboard, which I feel like you need to get. It'll just make your life easier Um, rather than trying to... It's like like the difference between using a controller to play like a hack and slash game versus using just like the mouse and keyboard. It's just going to be easier. So I also wanted to mention a couple of basic things in terms of stuff I wish I knew when I first started. There's two things that I feel like you should learn immediately. You need to learn what quantization is. When you quantize your notes, what it does is it aligns them on beat for you. And Mixcraft has a thing where you can click a button to quantize a section and it'll align them so they match up with whatever tempo you have. And and uh, GarageBand does it for you automatically. So whenever you play something, say you go it'll fix it and put it on the beat so that when you play it back it'll go there'll be no like stuttering. Sometimes it's not perfect and you got to get in there and edit it because it'll think you meant to do a whole note when you meant to do uh, a half note and it'll sometimes adjust out swing notes, but just look up what quantization is because what it'll do is it'll save you a lot of time. Instead of trying to time everything perfectly yourself until you get used to it, let the system quantize the notes for you so that you can move on to learning the program. Second thing is learn how to EQ. EQing is probably the most essential thing when it comes to making your beats sound uh, spaced out and clear and full and rich. What you don't realize is that when you play a sound, it's like an instrument, you only have so much vo- You only have so much frequency range. Say you have zero to one hundred frequency range, and you play a drum, that drum sound is going to automatically put noise in zero, in ten, in twenty, in thirty, in forty, and fifty. But really, the true essence of the drum is only from 40 to 45. So what you want to know how to do is you want to erase or clean up the extra noise, clean up everything beneath 45 and under, um, and everything above 50, so that the drum is only taking up a little bit of space in uh, the frequency. And this, what this allows you to do is your instruments aren't competing for space, and the sound doesn't sound muddy. One of the most basic beginner things that you don't really know until you know is your your music's going to sound muddy unless you learn how to EQ. And EQing, it's one of those things that it's kind of easy to grasp, but it's hard to perfect. Like you get the concept, but it's hard to do it right. But... If you do those two things, learn quantization so you can learn to use it when you want to versus stuff being off-tempo and learn about EQing, you will improve very fast. And I kind of stumbled upon this stuff on accident because I wasn't being shown anything by anybody. But I wish I was. So definitely look up some videos on that and I think you're going like to go much faster than you would have just kind of doing it on your own. All right, this is going to be my last segment when it comes to producing your own beats. It's one of those things where I'm still learning. I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert, but just a couple of basic knowledge things that I want to give to people who are new at this because I feel like sometimes you just need a kick. Let someone to show you that it's not as hard as you think it is. Like, I had always assumed that it was going to be this crazy thing because there's like all this like documentary and footage and stuff. And like, um, if you've ever watched the um, the tenth planet documentary about the Neptune or the eighth planet documentary about the Neptunes. Where Pharrell's like, back when we first started, we had two tape decks, and we would just record and cut it, and re-record and cut it, and just figuring out whatever we could figure out. I think that's important, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. Letting people know like, look, Pharrell was like, just do this, learn how to play an instrument, learn how to read music, it'll help. Just Blaze is like, yo, learn how to DJ, it'll help. There's all these little tips, but It feels overwhelming in the get-go And I am just wanted to let you guys know that it's not And there's nothing more satisfying Than creating your first Like project Uploading it into your iPod Or your, your iPod Uploading it into your phone And connecting it to your car Or having it in your headphones And you're just walking down the street And you're listening to music that nobody has ever heard It's your own music No one's heard it yet And you know it's not perfect, and you know it's not to the super professional level of other people, but to you, it's, it's amazing. And I want everybody to have that moment, because what it's going to do, it's just, you're going to show yourself that you can't be stopped. You know, you can do a lot more than you anticipated you could by the simple fact of effort. So my only last little bit on this subject before we move on to some, like, pop culture stuff is definitely 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 make tons of songs tons it's not going to you're not going to it's not going to click after making 10 songs you think it is but it's not and this is the hardest thing to get you to understand when i made my first 20 songs i thought i was great i wasn't when i made my first 50 songs i thought i was spectacular i wasn't you got to make dozens and dozens make imperfect songs make songs that sound weird try new stuff try to make songs that other people have made because I'm telling you at certain points things are just going to click and it doesn't click by you trying to make the one perfect song or the five perfect songs you got to do it again and again and again like coach Boone says you have a slim playbook but It's like Novocaine, over time, give it time and it'll work. That's what it is. I have so many just random nonsense songs that no one's ever going to hear. I have so many songs that I've put out on SoundCloud that no one heard. I have so many songs that are just for me. You just got to do it. And that's the fun part because once things start to make sense, you're going to have some control. So I really hope that If at anything, I can convince you to understand, to give yourself time, to just be patient and just express yourself. Because once you start getting it, you feel like the entire world is open up to you. Go reach out to people on SoundCloud, do collaborations. Go learn how to write. Rapping is a different skill set. You think it's easy, it is not. Even if you've written blogs before, even if you're a great essayist, it's not the same. I'm telling you, it's not the same. Putting together a rhyme is different. I would even, if you want to rap, I would encourage everybody to learn how to freestyle. It took me forever to learn how to freestyle. Like, to to learn how to freestyle well. I couldn't just call, it wasn't just like in my, my bag, off the top of my head. I had to freaking figure it out, it took me years. And now things make sense, things click. Learn how to write, learn how to do everything. And I just say this stuff because I just love everybody and I really mean that. Not even in some sort of like pedantic, self-serving way. I guess it's self-serving because it makes me feel good to let you guys know. But I just want everybody to chase what they want and to go after it. Because that's when you really feel alive. Otaku beef. Is anybody else excited for the gunslinger novel? The Dark Tower? Man, that's such a fun book book series Stephen King's Gunslinger is one of the book series that I've had a lot of fun with it's not my favorite because I feel like the storytelling is a little bit disjointed he should the way Stephen King writes something is he sits down he doesn't know where he's going and he just explores and the story kind of comes to him as he's writing it and in the writing world we call that a pantser That's a seat-of-your-pants writer. There's the plotter, the outliner, and then there's the pantser. And what's interesting about Stephen King is that because he writes in this style is that his characters are so rich. They're so uh, well-developed. They're so dense. Very interesting. So The Gunslinger was the first book in his seven-book series of The Dark Tower series. It's even in the in the acknowledgments at the beginning of the book he talks about when he was in college and Lord of the Rings was new and everybody was making their own version of Lord of the Rings books he was probably talking about like the uh, elf series with um, what's the name of the author he has a bunch of series about elves and magic and stuff and he felt that all of those stories were essentially copies or they were children of the Lord of the Rings stories So he was like, I'm going to make my own series, my own fantasy series, but I don't know what it's going to be, but it'll come to me when it does. The Gunslinger's series, or the Dark Tower series, came out in, oh, the 90s, maybe late 90s into 2000s is when he was kind of finishing them up. I read the first one in 2002, and that was a book which I almost had to grow into a little bit because the depth of character was very strong. And the way it's written is very strong, but it's a very solid book. It's a very well-executed book. And I think because the story is so direct and so singular, it's not as spread out. There's not too much extra going on. That book and the second book, which I think was the... The Hidden Door or The Door on the Sand or something like that. Those were excellent. But a lot of those books were just kind of, you know, they were really, really good on character. I felt the plot was a little bit leaving to be desired, but there's the, 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 the way that they're done, the way that they're portrayed are really solid. So I was very excited when I heard there was going to be a Dark Tower series And when I saw the trailer uh, starring Idris Elba, which is a character change, it's interesting how they're making uh, him a black man. In the story, they uh, described Roland's eyes as being like blue, like the color of jeans. Um, So obviously that's not, there aren't too many black people with natural blue eyes. Um, But what we are understanding is that his ethnicity doesn't really have anything to do with him, with his character. It's just the character. And that's one of those things that a lot of times people have a hard time grasping. When the race or the sex of a character has changed, it only bothers me if the soul of the character is lost. Like, they're talking about in the future making Hermione a black girl and Yeah, I can totally see that. Not because in the book she's described as black, but as long as they make her the same character who happens to be black, what's the difference? So, where it didn't work was in Daredevil with the Kingpin where they had... um, Oh, Michael Clark Duncan playing the Kingpin it didn't work, not because he was black, but because of the way, the, the, the way he portrayed the character. Very smiley, very kind, very joking. That's not who Kingpin is. So I'm pretty excited to see this one. I'm pretty excited by how direct this one's going to be or seems to be. So shout out to them. Dark Tower coming soon. What up? I'm Zid Raw aspiring rapper producer aspiring otaku aspiring human being today's one of those days man where i feel like i have so much to do and my time is being stripped away by nonsense i know you guys have felt that type of thing before it was one of those things where i'm just like this entire week i'm just barely getting stuff in i'm Excited, But at the same time, I feel like I'm hindered by my inability to do things at a pace that's most pleasing to me. And that's one of those things that you just sort of learn whenever you're trying to kind of make your dreams come true like I'm trying to do. You don't sleep as much. You stay up late because you want to get things done. And that's something that is probably going to be my journey or my story for a while like my girl can attest to it i don't really go to sleep that early at least i didn't before i'm better now because i work much faster but i used to stay up super late every night and get up pretty early every day and now i work much quicker and so i'll stay up not quite as late but i'll still stay up because i'm trying to get stuff done and that's the reality of it so that part i love I don't like when other stuff kind of gets in the way of the creativity, but you guys, if you've ever been an artist or you've ever been a musician or an athlete and you have to, you're an athlete, you have to train. If you're a comedian, you have to get on stage. If you're trying to be a producer, you're trying to be a rapper, you gotta make beats. You gotta write rhymes. You gotta get it done as much as possible. Because if you don't, you're going to be weak, you're going to be whack, your stuff is going to be whatever. I'm trying something different, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm going to start putting out stuff way faster. I'm going to start putting out content on all of the streaming services. Coming up very soon. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote a beat the other day, polished it yesterday, finished the rhyme yesterday. I'm going to master it here in a little bit and then I'm probably going to record either tonight or tomorrow. But I'm going to start putting out a song, a full song every single week, every single week because I can kind of work at a pretty rapid high volume. So I'm going to put out one song a week and then put out one or two beats in addition to that as well and then just kind of talk to you guys in the ears because that's what I'm trying to do. I want to be in this arena. I want to be making music and living in this environment of this otaku lifestyle because that's kind of what I'm about, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, just, I just love, I love storytelling so much and I love anime and i love manga and i just love a great video game that i almost die a little bit when i'm not getting that when i'm not getting a good story i'm not living when i don't have some music or i don't have the ability to create i just feel like dead so i want to push towards as much stuff as possible because you know you really only get one shot you do not miss your chance to blow (laughs) spaghetti spaghetti y'all know what i'm talking about shoot this is real because i just think that doing what everybody else says just to do it is not the way to go you know you gotta you gotta push you gotta push towards whatever it is so i'm pushing and i'm about to make a lot of a lot of noise because I just get tired of doing this annie shit. You know what I mean? Like everything just becomes stagnant. It becomes the same. I do this little stuff because I feel as if I'm supposed to be doing little stuff, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not. And I'm doing it completely differently now too, because I think the way to go is to chop it up and do it individually based on what some other people are saying. Because I think I'm trying to use the old model and the modern system. And I don't think that's the way to go. So, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to put out some Zidraw stuff. So, next week, you will be able to hear s- some stuff on uh, Tidal, Spotify, from me, if it doesn't take them like two weeks to get it up and running. I don't know wh- how things go on end, but on my end, I'm going to have it up and ready to go. I wonder how many of you guys have seen The Defiant Ones. I watched the entire thing on Monday, and I'm so glad I waited. And I wasn't waiting for them all to come out like by choice. I was just waiting for the new Game of Thrones to come back. You know what I'm saying? And as a byproduct, I'm like, I'll be able to watch some other stuff on HBO once that comes out. So I really like the fact that one, it's a three-part documentary series. Oh, you guys may not know what the fuck I'm talking about. So The Defiant Ones is a documentary that chronicles the life of Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, who is the head of Interscope Records. It shows the parallels of their lives as they're growing up, how they got into music, how they got into the business, who they were working with, as they were slowly working to a point where they eventually worked together. It's almost like that documentary... um, Magic and Bird, a courtship of, ship of rivals where it shows Magic Johnson in high school, Larry Bird in high school, Magic Johnson in college, Larry Bird in college. How they met for a moment, but then they were gone to them being in the pros, to them being the number one rivals of each other throughout the league. <coughs> That's a brilliant documentary as well. And it's interesting because the Defiant Ones, one... It's just an interesting title because you're not realizing how their personalities really complemented one another. And it's almost as if Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre were meant to kind of like be in the same room together because Jimmy Iovine is very loud. He's very extroverted, very talkative, very abrasive, very direct. Go, 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 go. Dr. Dre, very quiet. Very large, very imposing. Jimmy Iovine, very small man. Dr. Dre, very large man. Very, but at the same time, very detailed. Very methodical. Very slow to put stuff out, especially towards the the current era. But there's power in both. And then with their powers combined, we get, you know, the first hip-hop billionaire, you know, Beats by Dre. And all of that stuff. And I think one of the reasons why I appreciate the documentary is... And here's why it's important to watch these things. So as you guys know, I'm trying to get up in this music industry in my own otaku anime lane. Which I feel like I would be really comfortable in and pretty good at. But what it shows is how far... That relentless attitude can get you. They were the defiant ones. Jimmy Iovine pushed, pushed, pushed for stuff. When they're talking about how he wanted to sign um, nine-inch, was it nine-inch nails? I think it was '90s now. Trent Reznor's band. I don't know much about rock, so if I'm fucking that up, I really apologize. Trent Reznor's band. He wanted to sign them so bad. They were in a shit contract. He spent a year, a year, in and out of the bathroom on the phone, talking, just talking with the people that owned his contract over again and again and again. A solid year beating them over the head about why their situation could only be improved if they gave the the contract to Jimmy Iovine. Relentless. Obsessive. Stuff that most people would be like, well, I tried. He didn't even consider it as trying. He just considered it as doing. Like, Dr. Dre, when he was younger, just... Making mixes, 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 DJing, mixes, mixes, mixes. I got to get on stage. I got to DJ. I got to get on stage. I got to DJ. I got to get on stage. I got to DJ. And then he just worms his way into this club DJing when he wasn't supposed to DJ. He just did whatever he had to do to get there. Relentless. That's the attitude. That's the lesson and all this stuff. So when they say defiant ones, they're defying everybody Who tells them no? They're relentless in their pursuits. And that's what makes this super cool to me. And it's just interesting to see things a little bit the back end of the Straight Outta Compton movie at the same vein. I mean, I think this documentary is really brilliant. You definitely need to check it out. HBO, man. Yo, what's going on? It's Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw. Z-I-D-I-Dou-V. How's everybody doing? Y'all like that Too Short song? I really am a fan of that. I just think that beat is crazy. He just makes good beats, but like... I've never been like a crazy Too Short fan or anything like that. But the production, man. Production can just elevate so many things to like these crazy levels. And I think that's why Dr. Dre is such a... He's just such a champ. Because back in the day, as the saying goes, the DJ was more important than the rapper. The DJ ran the party, the DJ would mix, the rapper would come on and spit, but everybody wanted to be the DJ. He controlled the environment. It's different now when it comes to hip hop, but the EDM DJ is now, that's the DJ, that's the guy. So I can really appreciate stuff a lot more now, now that I can kind of like look and see um, kind of what's going on. Like usually what they'll do is they'll show like the big giant mixing board and they'll show the producer in front of it and the producer will just be like kind of looking at nodding and going, hmm, yes. But now when I see Dre in this Defiant Ones documentary and he is moving knobs and he's moving bits and he's understanding about spacing in the room and how he does things, I have a better appreciation for what he's doing, so it made the, it made the documentary that much better for me. Dr. Dre is a freaking genius because what I really liked about it, there was just a couple of moments where like Jimmy Iovine recognized the talent that he had. When Dr. Dre, this is after he got out of Death Row Records, he was trying to get out because he was like there was just violence and killing, and Suge Knight was just doing all that nonsense. He just wanted to make music. All that was just getting in the way of the music. So he starts doing kind of his own thing. He starts developing. He starts really working on The Chronic. And he's in this house. And he's inviting people over. And they're just working on this album. And that's the environment. And Snoop is always there. And they don't have any furniture. But they have this big house. And they're sleeping on the floor. And it's just this brilliant story. And people are partying. And the energy is just wild. And really west coast. It's fire. After he does that. He starts going to try and take it to a bunch of different places. Nobody wants it. He goes all over. He goes to New York. He goes to Jersey. He probably goes to Texas. No one wants his album. And it's so funny because... He has had hit after hit after hit with N.W.A. He's had tons of hits with um, Death Row Records. with, with, With finding these great sounds and these great people. But it's like no one was really willing to take a chance on what he was trying to put out. When Jimmy Iovine heard the album, he said... Wow, who's the engineer on this? Dre said, I was the engineer. He said, wait, you were the producer and the engineer and you rapped? He was like, yeah. He said, not only does it sound better than any other rap album that I've ever heard, the audio quality is better than any album I've ever heard. He was outstripping anything that the, that the engineers that he was working with were creating. He just had a mind for it. And the warmth and sonically and what he was able to kind of put together was just a brilliance on a whole nother level. So when Jimmy Iovine saw this, he was like, we gotta get this guy. We gotta get Dre. We gotta work with Dre. What a fucking beautiful moment that was. Just when things align in the right way, and the and here's the, here's the kicker, here's the punchline, the only reason stuff like that aligns overnight is because Dre had decades of work. He had decades of songs, decades of, of hours of just being in studio working on his craft. So you ask me which is more important, the meeting with Jimmy Iovine, or the decades of work. That's really all I have to say about that. Like, I don't have much more to say about the Defiant Ones. I think you, you guys should definitely go check it out. It's just a brilliant film. It's nice to see the, the the journey of your of your heroes or the people that you admire because it it helps you kind of understand your ambitions and how to contextualize them because a lot of times we see these cool things but we don't know how to get there like if i if i were to like interview like a kid and he was like i want to be a professional gamer okay kid how do you be a professional gamer uh i I play video games i get really good and then and then what Do you just get good in your neighborhood? Do you get good online? Do you get to the top of the leaderboards? Do you reach out to somebody? Do they reach out to you? How do you contextualize a dream? I feel like documentaries really, biographical documentaries, really help people understand that little bit of extra that it takes to get from point A to point Q, which is not really addressed. Because you can be super, super talented and super, super passionate, but you got to make the right moves. You can't just make good moves. They have to be the right moves in the right way, in the right location. And it's hard to understand, but when you see these people make it, you start to get some ideas of how you can apply this to your life. So... I just thought that was a really good story. I hope you guys really check it out. I don't really have that much more today when it comes to this. I'm probably going to get on later and blah, 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 like I like to do. But I need to consume some content, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just have opinions on air, you know? You kind of have to put some stuff out there. I mean, I can talk to you about, like, my story and what I'm about to do. I'm about to go match with this track. I'm about to go and get it to a point where I can just immediately spit on it, master it, record the hook right now, get it recorded, get it ready to go, and then figure out how to upload it, do the artwork too. That's another thing, the fucking artwork. I'm finally at a place where I can start crafting the artwork in the style that suits me best. I just need the ability to be able to just kind of start doing it. I'm just so excited. So I'm pushing for all of that stuff. And at the same time, I need to consume some content because that's where you are really able to create. If you have writer's block or you have uh, whatever, you have uh, something inhibiting you from creating, that means your cup is empty. You need to go absorb. If you can't write, go read. If you can't film, go watch. If you can't sing, go listen. That's just the truth of it because what you're doing is you're consuming, deconstructing, then reconstructing. That's kind of how it goes. And then you just make it your own. That's life. And I feel like I need to do that. I feel like I've been really, really focused on kind of giving my opinions, but I want to see more stuff. There's tons of movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I haven't seen Logan. Like, I've been a bad superhero fan the past couple of months. Just because I've been so 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 focused and inattentive and, and, and everything else. But I, I, I gratefully saw Spider-Man. I tell you what I am going to see tomorrow is I'm going to see Valerian. <laughs> you better believe I'm going to see that movie. I'm going to see Valerian. Midnight. XD. All me all popcorn all the time I've been waiting for this one for a while, just as a somebody who loves good world building. I know nothing about it. I don't even know if it's gonna be good. it's just so visually impressive and it feels like it's gonna be cool I don't know much about the story. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna be bloated I don't know if it's gonna be concise I don't know anything, but I'm excited. So yeah, that's all for right now. Um, I'm gonna give my sign off. I'm Zidraw. Find me on Instagram at Zidraw the Wizard. Find me on Facebook at Zidraw. Find me on Snapchat as Zidraw, and find me on Twitter as the Zidraw. I'm about to start putting out a lot of shit, a lot of stuff on here, a lot of stuff on SoundCloud, a lot of stuff on the other platforms. So I hope you guys are ready because you're gonna get sick of me real soon. But I love you guys. Do what you want to do. Chase your dreams. I'm out. Beep.